Welcome back to What the Fuck is Going On. We have a great show for you today. China and Russia are forming an unholy alliance. We are covering a potential Trump indictment in the coming days. And what's the third one? Riots in France. Riots in France. We got all that and more. Let's get into it. In a minute where we're back. We took a little hiatus, a couple trips, knee injury, things happened. Um, today is Tuesday, right? Tuesday, March 28th. Tuesday, March 28th. Um, and once again, there has been a tragic mass shooting on the day we're recording. We promise we're not doing that on purpose. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I'm getting a little, obviously everyone is getting sick of it to, you know, the degree that it's a horrible tragedy, but like I, every time we have the same conversation, oh, if you support Republicans and gun control, you know, like don't, you know, don't thoughts and prayers don't mean anything fine, whatever. That's fine. I just think people need to be putting the same amount of enthusiasm into calls for gun control legislation that they are for mental health care and Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. Because repeatedly this happens. It's always people who are very clearly mentally ill. It's always people who they have multiple uh, reports and instances of them. Like no one's ever surprised. They go, "Oh yeah, so and so." This one just happened to be somebody who's born a woman and now identifies as a man, transgender. I don't think that f- that matters. I think right wing people who are using that as oh look, it's not like that. That's just as disingenuous as people on the left using it as a call for gun control. Mm-hmm. Any like advancing your political agenda. because someone died is like the new american pastime and i just real quick again like i said i didn't i don't want to harp on this we're not going to say the name of the person we're not going to you know show pictures of the victims six dead it's tragic we all know that um but i just wanted to play a couple videos of the biden response this is a video of him like immediately after it happened my name is joe biden (laughs) i'm dr joe biden's husband and I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. <laughs> Folks, uh, welcome to the White House. It's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? <laughs> Do your kids, all four of them? Yeah. Well, stand up, guys. It's like I, I was trying to figure out a way to look at it from like the transgender side. I can't lie to you. Yeah. But like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? It is a mental health. It's issue. a murderer. It is a murderer, and there's always a red flag. Yeah. Like you were every like single you said. time. We and mm-hmm. we've covered like ten of them on this show now. Exactly. In the very short period of doing it. And the guy from Buffalo, Gendry, like everyone was like, yeah, he like 
And there's always a, a manifesto. School. Yeah, yeah, there. This person had a manifesto too. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't really. Let's I, not beat a dead horse, you know. Yeah, exactly. And um, I wanted to play one more clip from Biden. I have no idea. Well, I probably don't then. <laughs> I'll be doing oh, this. No, I have no idea. And that just, just to sort of highlight, like, I don't know if it's a reflection of him just being shot, which he is, or, like, our country just being so desensitized to this stuff. It happens every day that we're just, like, not taking it seriously anymore. Like, the president, for better or worse, is a reflection of the country, of the people. Like, and we're all, like, I make jokes about him all the time. Like, I... You know, I'm of the school of if you not if you don't laugh, you're gonna cry. Like, mm -hmm. that's my coping mechanism is humor. But like, literally, they were like, oh, like, uh, someone I forget who, uh, some Republican congressman was like, uh, you know, this this was an attack on Christians because I think it was a Christian school, mm -hmm. um, and someone told Biden that, and because the guy's a Republican, Biden joked like, oh, well, if he said it, I disagree, and it was like, no, I'm just kidding, and like, listen, bro, I I feel you. I love to make jokes too. You're the president. You can't You're the one that's supposed to be yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Like, anyway, that's that. We're gonna we're gonna move on um, to the, the riots in France, baby. Yes, yes. So I'm sure people have seen, and we're gonna play some videos here of millions of people in the streets in Paris, um, uh, like directly in response to this new uh, Prime Minister Emmanuel Macron's. Um, plan to raise a legal retirement age from I believe 64 to 66 um, and that is well, yeah sorry really that's what they're rioting over right I well, knew there was riots but I didn't know that's what that's what's on the surface okay but, but I I think people are sort of what's really happening here is waking up to the authoritarian creep of these supposed liberal democracy leaders I mean Emmanuel Macron is a good example, but it's happened all over. Supposedly, bastions of democracy, Canada with Trudeau. Mm -hmm. We saw it, sort of his creep towards fascism with the truckers' protests. Mm -hmm. And this protest is very similar in the government's response of, like, the video. I'll play this video of this uh, cop just shooting indiscriminately into a car with a machine gun and killing two people. Like, that is what's supposed to happen in, like— that was in France? Yeah, exactly. That was in Paris, not uh, you wow. know, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Like, okay, yeah. So I, I, they see a, uh, I guess a, a snowball that's starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're trying to you right. know, squash it where it stands. And, and France, just for people who don't know, is a country who, like, rioting is their pastime. They have, like, mm -hmm. yellow vest protests. The, you know, the French Revolution goes back even way before that to, like, it's in their blood. They like to demonstrate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's part of their culture. But this is... This is different because this is not just, and granted, the numbers alone would tell you it's different, but this is not just people showing up in the streets. These are uh, workers uh, galvanizing around, organizing. The The trash is piled up, you know, five, six feet high on the streets because the garbage collectors aren't taking anymore. Fucking stick it to them, baby. Exactly. So th I, I do think this is about more than just, oh, two years. This is about yeah the working class people seeing like wow we really are being fucked like we thought these people had our best interests in mind and then after covid and sort of these now uh global like they're not they're not uh the, the the things that have been happening in the, happening in the banking sector they're not okay necessarily um disasters yet but 
we're just seeing all these Credit Suisse and um, Deutsche Bank and obviously the stuff that was spurred by Silicon Valley Bank. All these private banks getting bailed out. Like, meanwhile, most people still on, on an average basis, even in Europe, I mean, especially in America, but even in Europe still, most people are living paycheck to paycheck because these, you know, oligarchs that are global, this is not just about one country anymore. These are multinational corporations, people, hedge funds, sovereign wealth funds, the people who control them, the billionaires who run everything. Uh, I think the working class is finally saying, all right, fuck this, we're done. We finally, we have enough information at our fingertips, even though there is a massive uh, sprawling campaign to keep people disinformed and misinformed. People are still seeing every day, shit, man, we're really being screwed over. Like, this is, I think it's time to, to get it together. And France is a really good example of that. Well, I think, um, and we've talked about it before, and that's what we do here, independent journalism really kind of, you know, I think helps with that a lot. Because, I, agree. I mean, even me myself, I get my news not really for. I'll I'll see what they're talking about almost right. to like get an idea of just like you know what are they what shit are they spewing today? Yeah. Um, but I mean, and I've also said this on this podcast before that I didn't think that you know change was necessarily possible because you needed so many people to get together. Right. And you know, I don't know if I'm ready to completely go on the other side of that but i'm definitely uh i'm seeing a little bit of a change the tide is turning the tide is turning and i don't want to call it wokeness because like that i just i just don't like that but like i was listening to marianne williamson today getting interviewed by andrew yang um she ran on the democratic uh, as a democratic candidate for president in Mm -hmm. 2020 um and was basically like laughed at and mocked and joked and she was talking about how there was a Someone put together like a panel of all the women were running, and it was Kamala Harris and Amy Klobuchar and um, Elizabeth Warren and Kirsten Gillibrand. All this, like you know, oh, this is the most historic field of women candidates to run for Democratic primary ever. And Marianne Williamson was left off because she's a largely anti-establishment candidate. And listen, she's also uh, like a crazy crystals bitch. Like I don't want to, you know, <laughs> uh, paint her out to be something she's not, but. I don't. I don't mean that as like a no. But she was a so slight. I love that. But she was saying now she she recently announced her candidate for presidency. She's the only person that's on the Democratic side that's announced that she'd be running against Joe Biden. Um, and she said people are noticing now. She's got a lot more traction. She's you know, whereas before it was like a, an afterthought. Right. Exactly. And and uh, I, last campaign when um, Vogue magazine did a spread of all the women candidates. I was a woman candidate. I was left out of the of, of the story. And also, you're seeing right now actually polls online of democratic possibilities. I'm the only one who's actually declared right, other than the obvious, you know, inevitability of the Biden. We assume of the Biden campaign. Everybody's listed on there, and I'm not listed on there. But you know what the difference is this time? People are noticing that. That's what I think is interesting. I think that there's been a kind of awakening. Uh, on all kinds of levels among the American people over the last few years. I don't think that people will take as easily to that uh, obvious distraction (laughs) distraction technique. Um, I hope not anyway. So I think it's a mistake for her to run as a Democrat. I think she should run as an independent. But um, regardless, the tide is turning. I think we're seeing it now. Uh, People are, um, you know, polling numbers on people who believe we were way too... uh, authoritarian during covid or you know in retrospect do you see that video that um they released the fauci document i think on hbo and him and the 
uh, mayor of DC, Muriel Bowser, were going door to door trying to educate people about the vaccine and like the poor. I think it was the thirteenth ward is like the poorest neighborhood in DC. Oh my god! And like the poor people were answering the door and being like, like educating Fauci, being like, you don't, you guys can't tell us, you can't assure us that this doesn't uh won't stop us from getting infected. Yeah. So I heard that it doesn't um cure it and it doesn't um stop you from getting it. No. So on the very, very, very rare chance that you do get it, even if you're vaccinated, it's a very, you don't even feel sick. It's like you don't even know you got infected. It's very, very good at protecting you. Just the Anacostia, so get up okay. there. Okay. All right, Thank see you, you later. You. The people in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not gonna be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to create vaccination. Well, it, it used to take years. Okay, it used to. You know how you know how many years were invested in this in this approach? About 20 years of science to get us to be able to do it. 20 years is not quickly. enough. And nine months is definitely not no. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. The only yeah. reason I'm talking to you right now, as close as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if it allows thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu then, right? And, and it's like, much like more flu. serious than the flu. Though. Well, the flu kills a lot of people annually, yeah. too. You know how many people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to 30,000. You know, how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 Americans. Well, you, well, that, well the, the number that you all given that died, that's, that's once again, that's you all's number. You gonna pass. Yeah, definitely. Because when, right. when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. Something yeah, else, something it, I, else going it on. It is with that. something going yeah. on. With something it. Else You're going right. On. But I'm glad millions of people like me and almost everybody here didn't get in. You know what their incentive was? Protecting their health and protecting the city. Well, but that, I, well, well, I won't keep okay, you anymore. It's okay because my, 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 my incentive, y'all, campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is. It's like, feeding them the typical bullshit and they're like no 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 oh like, i love that actually right, i thought right. you were gonna say like he was just going around but and yeah, i mean just this jabbing is, people in the arm well no <laughs> well this is what he was doing but i'm glad it wasn't working like he's basically just trying to spoon feed everybody propaganda correct yes you know? and wow yeah no i i didn't expect that outcome i'm actually really happy about that and uh and tucker carlson was uh, like kind of like smugly he was like oh people of the 13th ward they may be poor but they're not dumb <laughs> right. you, don't, you don't have to be like a dick about it bro but all right whatever <laughs> Um, but I, and I just talk in, in sentiment every day. I think, you know, I, I'm, I like to talk to people and people person. And I think the, and maybe people are just like telling me what I want to hear because they want to avoid confrontation. But I really do think for the most part, people are like, yeah, this is, we need to like have a paradigm shift in the way we think about something where our power is. And I think maybe like, at least where I'm at, because I definitely do think, you know, there needs to be some sort of shift. Yeah. But I just don't know what that looks like, and I, I, it's kind of a—it's a scary thing to rock the boat, you know. It's yeah. one thing knowing the devil, you know, 
you know, rather than the devil you don't. Well, at this point, fuck the devil, I know. I know. I mean, this devil's pretty bad. Yeah. Again, like 60% of Americans can't afford a 5000 or $500 emergency. People no, I think you're right about paycheck that. Paycheck to paycheck. Like, yeah. this is this is not working. No, it's um, not working. And, like, uh, I just, I've been reading, just, I'm on, a, like, a economy kick right now. I've been reading a lot of books about the economy. I just read Bernie Sanders' book. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. And <laughs> I think he kind of... <laughs> I think he beats around the bush a little bit because he's for some reason like afraid to piss off the Democratic establishment too much because God forbid they steal a third election from him. But mm-hmm. like <laughs> he is basically like uh, we need to get money out of politics. Mm-hmm. That's easy for me. And like Medicare for all. And, and I, you said I don't know what that looks like. It, I think it has to look like uh, citizens, individuals, workers organizing s- separately from the government. I mean, in America, we have a separation of church and state which was formed, our constitution was formed at the time where organized religion was as powerful as now most organized states are. Mm-hmm. And the power has shifted from theocracy to right. and actually, the state. And I think now we, we have to turn, you know, what the founding fathers were to rebelling against England and the church. I think workers need to do that now and take, because pretty soon AI is coming and we are going to have no power whatsoever in in any of the economy. Power. I know, but this is the chance. This I is hope, the time to take take a foothold. No, I mean, and you're right because if it does just keep going the way it is, AI is going to replace truck drivers and yep. you know uh, accountants, everything under journalists the sun. apparently. And I do think that there needs to be like some sort of law like protecting you know people's jobs from that. I uh, saw so like South Korea has a robot tax, which I think is. And it actually turns out it's not even a tax. It's just a uh, they're withholding tax benefits from companies instead of like giving them the tax breaks that they were giving them. Like, oh, you made robots, you don't get that tax break. Whatever. Oh, okay. So there's like a penalty for I, it. I truly think that uh, we and this is this is by the way like kind of the definition of socialism. Mm-hmm. But this is something Tucker Carlson has actually agreed with, um, and he was arguing with Ben Shapiro about it. There should be a all, every company that makes profits from AI. Mm-hmm. Part of that should be taxed and go to a fund that they use to pay either their workers or workers that have been displaced by that technology. By the AI. No, I, I can I can stand behind that. 100%. But but that is the definition of socialism. And that word it was the boogeyman for the right wing for so long. And I we have to get to a place where we don't uh, we we need to view the the economy as not black and white between capitalism and socialism because it's been mixed forever. The farmers credit union is the is the biggest financial uh um institution in the world and mm-hmm. it basically subsidizes farmers and pays them no matter what whether their crop yield is good or bad that's socialism is it still socialism if they take that like i guess tax or whatever that um that number is and they're distributing it like within their their private Who's privately that? owned company well all right, so like you, you were like, okay, there's, there's going to be like some tax, and it goes into an account. Okay, so we're talking about like my, the, what I'm proposing here. Yes. Exactly. Okay. And like Hold goes, on, your mic went out. It went out. Yeah. Unplug the thing and plug it back. And try to stop fucking with it if you can. Yeah. Test, test, test. Good. You're good. Go on. Um, fuck. What did I just say? Are you at you saying that it's about the taxes? The tax oh, okay, part. okay, yeah. So, because I understand how it's socialism if we if they take that money and they give it to the people that were displaced by it and like i said i can get around on that like right. I, I really don't mind that at all um but if, is it still considered socialism if they give that money to like workers within their company and 
you know, within like a private firm and stuff like that. I mean, th that's actually what, you know, the original corporations, when, when Ford basically invented mass production, that's what they did. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with that is you can make that a monopoly and you can go, okay, if, if, they, if you give them real cold, hard cash, cool. And no, it's not socialism. It's a, it's a, it's a company. You know, okay, that, right. That's just a different form of um, compensation. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, it's almost like shares in a company. Right. But that, that is where the problem might lie is then, you know, depending on how you structure it. Like, like one big thing Ford did was like he would pay people extra in like Ford bucks, which you could only which, use in the town. Okay. Um, so there's different ways. You know, it, it really depends on so how you do it. So that opens up a lot of loopholes and stuff like that. It does. But I, and I, I, the profits that are going to be made from AI, I think, are too, are going to be way too big to be like, okay, you can each handle this within your own company. And I don't fucking trust the like we. No, I don't trust them either. You know, these our current deregulated environment. We see, we saw what just happened with SVB, and mm -hmm. it's probably going to continue to happen with these if interest rates keep going up because more of these banks' business models are predicated on low interest rates. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um. You need to bring back the mom and pop shops. Yeah, I, I, I really, I strongly believe that people need to go back to just taking care of their communities and decentralizing and take power out of the hand of the federal government, let it handle the military, and like, I don't, that's it basically. Like education, go to the states. Mm -hmm. Like, the Fed has way too much power. Like, let states do their own banking. It's. It's it that's so far off from like where we are now, but like at least we're seeing a tide that's going in that direction. Yeah, or that could go in that direction. It, I don't want to say it's definitively the, going. The in problem that is there are huge, powerful, rich, massive interests that have powers to stop the tide and, and every reason to not want these things to happen. So that's why that's why I think we're gonna the next ten, fifteen years are gonna be some of the most tumultuous in human history, and, and that's for many reasons. But um, de demographic shifts. The, you know, we're going to see a huge, I think we're going to hit 10 billion by 2040 and then <laughs> going to drop. We talk about this all the time in the show. Yeah, like, no, I know. We that scares the shit out of me. Like but there, the talk entire about. world is built on a growth economy and uh, the availability of cheap credit and uh, ubiquitous labor and all of that is going to dry up soon. I'm talking about, you know, not knowing what, um, you know, what things would look like. I have no idea what the fuck that would look like. In a world where our economy, uh, not our, economy, it's scary. our population is just drastically downfalling. Yeah, America's going to be fine. Everywhere else. Like, that's, uh, and that's, uh, you know, it, you say, like, oh, I wonder what that looks like. What are you seeing what that looks like? Russia uh, is largely well, the aggressor there. it is because it has, it has to be. It's losing resources. It has, you know, minimal farmland and its people. Again, it's another country experiencing population. Uh, absolute drop off. So mm -hmm. that's one symptom. That's, that's one side effect of demographic demographic decline and and empire decay is desperation, mm -hmm. throwing up some heaves. And um, I would I, well, I would have never looked at it like that. Right. You know. See, but you know, cause and effect, and it's not the only reason. Like mm -hmm. part of it is Putin's strategy. This, you know, he's had this dream of reuniting the Soviet Union forever. But mm -hmm. part of that dream is, oh, we also kind of need those uh, grain fields and. That fucking nuclear plant in Zaporizhia. No, I thought you used a good word there. Like you called it symptoms, almost. Mm -hmm. You know of yeah. It's all connected, man. Everything is connected. Like, and you could say you could point to one thing and say this is the reason this happened, and it could be eight percent of the reason. It could be twenty five percent. Right. I was gonna say I feel like everything has like 
you know, yeah. a million different things coming out of it for Threads whatever everywhere. reason. Threads everywhere. Dude, that's why, like, I got, I got really into reconnecting with reading because after, after I graduated high school and in college, I only read what I had to. So, like, mm-hmm. the past couple years, I've been, like, fa- falling back in love with reading and everything I read from, like, geopolitics to economics to fitness to the mind, psychology, uh, sociology, psychedelic drugs, like, all everything i find something that like i could thread back to the last book i read and like end up being like charlie day from uh, <laughs> it's always sunny like. <laughs> pepe sylvia <laughs> yeah literally literally <laughs> so like i, I don't know well, that's I, good though because i don't i don't think most people would draw that line i think a lot of people do i don't i just think i i again this goes back to what i was saying before about uh, these powerful interests blasting us with dis and misinformation and we're not going to talk about it today i would love to um i'm going to hopefully do a couple videos myself solo dolo this week one on svb but another one i'd like to cover uh some twitter file stuff some new revelations from matt taibbi about mm-hmm. uh like stanford uh and their involvement with like so like higher ed is involved with the government and these um uh initiatives to curb covid misinformation and, and i'll post a link to the thread in the show notes because we don't have much time to go over this but like all these uh caa fbi um dhs nia um and then stanford and then in cooperation with twitter and facebook and and youtube and all these uh big tech social media companies they were flagging they had a dedicated ticket system so like they could all put in a ticket Mm -hmm. to be like hey this is a post we need taken down and a lot of them were uh one of their categories was not just misinformation it was um, true information that could cause vaccine hesitancy. So, like, just because it's true, it's still... We makes, don't want it. It makes people think the thing that we don't want them to think, so no more of that. Like, They're not going to take our drugs. And so this is why I think there is a powerful uh, force against the um, the reality of, of the democratization of information mm-hmm. because we have this incredible tool that is the internet and has changed things in such a powerful and amazing way. There is, you know... Uh, I think it's Newton's third law of thermodynamics. What goes up must comes down. Every uh, action has an equal and opposite reaction. It's, you know, they need to counter this power. And the best way to do that, again, I think I've made this um, reference before, is like that episode of The Office when Michael accidentally lets it leak that Jim and Pam are pregnant. (laughs) Instead of taking it back, which you can't, the cat's out of the bag, you just put out as much bullshit as you can and drown people and make them tired and be like, oh my God, I'm so sick of hearing about Ukraine and COVID and I just want to watch the Kardashians. Like, that's what's going on. Yeah, no. Well, like- and that's why I, I want, that's why part of why I wanted to do this podcast, that's part of why I tell people all the time, you have a responsibility for the information that goes in your head, for the shit that you fucking take into your face. That's on you. Everyone needs to do a better job, myself included, by the way, of, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Vetting, like, you know. Like courting? Not, no, not courting, but like going through vetting, like like having a, a process of information oh, gathering oh, oh, oh. and evaluation. You're about as yourself going through. Correct. Like yeah, your, your filter. You need I like to vetting. Work on, your, work on your filter and your critical thinking skills and your uh, ability to. Uh, what did I do here? Okay, no, we're good. The ability to almost look at what's not right and wrong, but what's blatantly bullshit and what's right. not. And, I, and just one of the tools we use on this show all the time is qui bono. Who benefits? Right. And follow the money. Those are two great ones. <laughs> Any, anytime you, you I like know, to follow the money one. Anytime you don't know what to believe, think about, well, 
who gains to benefit from this thing being true? Mm-hmm. Who gains to benefit from it being false? And go from there. Mm-hmm. And I think us, the people, are catching up to you know, the way technology is used in terms of how they suppress our information. Yeah, thank and thank God for the Twitter files. And, and listen, say what you will about him, and Elon Musk right now is kind of carrying water for the uh, Indian government and Narendra Modi, their prime minister, and he's banning people that that guy doesn't want, um, which it, nobody cares about because it's about fucking people halfway across the world that aren't right, white. He's so. like, that's all the way over there. Nobody's right. even going to see right. it. Uh, and uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene got banned today for uh, stuff she was saying about the not permanently, I think suspended. The stuff she was saying about the Nashville shooting and transgender people. Um, so like Elon Musk is not perfect, and and I, he's a billionaire oligarch, and he will protect his own protect his own interests. But it, it thank God for the fact that he bought Twitter because we wouldn't know about. Uh, I mean, someone like me would guess and be like, yeah, I, I mean, I was pretty sure they were doing that. But now it's out there for everybody to see. And again, Twitter files hasn't been covered by any major news network, maybe Fox News, mm-hmm. but like Taibi, yeah. And uh, he was on, he was on Capitol Hill. I forget what the Senate subcommittee for the weaponization of, I don't know, something, some bullshit like that. I'll put it in the graphic. But uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, coincidentally, the uh, congressperson this year who made the most money in uh, the stock market, just throwing that out there, uh, called him a so-called journalist. And people are calling him a right winger. This is a person who wrote a book about Donald Trump called The Insane Clown President. Like, (laughs) this is not a right winger. This is a veteran reporter that may have come to conclusions you don't like. That doesn't mean you just slander someone's good name. Um, That was right in front of his face, right? Yeah, in Congress. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Ranking member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books including four New York Times New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> and then like all the Republicans were like, oh, so-called journalists, they were reflecting his record, defending his record. Like, great, I'm glad you're doing that. It's just, you know, it's only because it serves your interests at the moment. Like, you know, DC is so partisan. Everyone is so self-serving. Like, they're even, dude, even Bernie Sanders, who like I wanted to win in 2016 and in 2020, like reading his book, it was just so like, you could be more bold here. Like you could be, you could be asking for more. You could be not letting Joe Biden and the Democrats off the hook for, you know, fucking you over and over again. Like you, like put, he put like, your foot out there a little bit more, almost. Like well, I don't understand. He just like like for example in the book he was like, uh, oh like the um the Iowa caucuses mm-hmm. for the Democratic primary. I was was I don't think they will be this year. I think. The Dems are trying to make it South Carolina because Joe Biden won South Carolina. But Iowa was and typically is the first state to uh, right, I think vote in the primaries. Yeah. And um, they had an app and it went faulty and that caused some news outlets to report that Pete Buttigieg won, some outlets to report that Bernie Sanders won. Mm-hmm. The DNC was like, oh, we don't know. Let's call it a tie for now. And then like <laughs> two weeks later, it was like, oh, yeah, Bernie did win those delegates. But the whole thing about Iowa, the whole thing about winning Iowa, the whole reason that uh, candidates put so much money into winning there is because you win the first one, you get an incredible amount of momentum, especially in a, in a race where you have a field of 16, I believe, the Democrats had or something wild like that. Mm-hmm. All those women we named before and Buttigieg and Biden and whoever the fuck else. Um, he didn't get that boost. He did not get that. But, you know, in, in American elections, especially where, you know, I mean, a lot of people knew Bernie by 2020, but... That is still the, the, for people who don't know you, that's the first impression they get. And if the first impression they get of you is that you're a winner, that's huge. No, that if is the huge. first impression they get is you tied that gay mayor from Indiana, <laughs> whatever. I'm not that pumped about you anymore. You I know what I mean? Pete Buttigieg has been a big old failure in his uh, 
Well, he got that. He specifically got transport because it's a cushy job. It's in the cabinet, but it's like, hey, we're you're on the bench. We want you, you know, hang in there because this guy might die. And we'll then we'll bump you up you to VP there. once come or, or maybe we'll run you in, in 24, 28, not expecting like the past three years to be like the <laughs> worst possible <laughs> years to have that job ever. Like the airline industry tanked, like trains are just crashing and smoke plumes are coming up everywhere. Like <laughs> that's true. I mean, he did get kind of put her in a shitty situation. Literally the there. worst possible time, but <laughs> I, no sympathy because guess what? Should have made pick someone qualified instead of the guy that you just like. Yeah, instead of the guy that you just wanted to put on your fucking bench. Yeah, that's literally uh, um, what do they call that? Like when a girl, you ever have a girl who has a boyfriend but is still kind of flirting with you? You're like, she's like saving you for later. I forget the word for that. Doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. um, I want to move on. But before we do, I just want to show this video because it's really funny of Macron uh defending himself on news and being like, oh, like. Uh, you know, I care about my people. Like I'm still someone who cares about the working class. And then realizing while he's doing that, he has a sixty thousand dollar gold watch on, and like carefully like slipping it off like during the interview. <laughs> I'll play right. Ah, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to play that, and we'll move on to our next piece of international news, which is uh, the relationship between China and Russia as America continues to. Uh, Go down the path that Donald Trump set us on with America first, which basically just meant fuck everybody else. Um, <laughs> as we pull away from the world stage, and Joe Biden has been no better about uh, um, being more of a friend to the world. Because even though you, you, can, you look at sort of the geopolitical picture of America's role in the Ukraine-Russia war, it's a proxy war. America is sending weapons to Ukraine because if Russia gets it, then... They're not only the closer to all our um, allies. NATO allies; they're mm -hmm. also just more powerful, and we can't have that. Which is fine, you know. Russia, it's atrocities. They're committing war crimes. They're dropping chemical weapons and using thermobaric ammunitions. Like the ICC issued an arrest for arrest warrant for um, Vladimir Putin. Um, but with that, we're now kind of seeing the global world order, which the U.S. has been the steward of since the end of World War II for. 70 almost nearly 80 years now um it's collapsing so like i just said the icc issued an arrest warrant for putin south africa was like hey putin not only are we not going to respect this warrant come through like hang out south africa is a country who's in their own fucking bit of turmoil but anyway this relationship between russia and china um xi jinping visited moscow last week mm -hmm. to reaffirm economic uh their Economic relationship, Xi Jinping, for those who don't know, is China's, I don't know what they call him, president, prime minister, great leader. Um, the big one. Yeah, exactly. He's the head honcho. And he was in Moscow reaffirming their economic ties and tr working on a peace plan. China is the only country in the world, uh, definitely for sure the most powerful, to advocate for peace in Ukraine and mm -hmm. put, put out an actual plan, which we're now starting to see some countries get behind, not least of which is Russia. Mm -hmm. Um and now Saudi Arabia, China brokered a peace talk between Saudi and Arabia and Iran, which is huge because uh, and one of the few things Trump's um, critics give him credit for is the Abraham Accords, is a historic Israeli yeah, peace Israel thing, yeah. negotiation between like four or five Arab countries. I forget all of them, but like um, I think Sudan is one of them. Um, and that was a big major piece of legislation, big step towards peace in the Middle East. And like that... That's been America's role is to be the facilitator. Mm -hmm. China was like, 
no one likes you, America. Like, we're doing this now. And, like, Saudi Arabia is supposed to be one of America's biggest allies is now buying and selling uh, oil to Russia in rubies, ruples, whatever the fuck their currency is. I think it's rubles, yeah. Rubles, which is uh, disastrous for the American economy, which is, since we got off the gold standard, is basically based, our money is based on oil. It's based on the, you know, full faith and treasure of the U.S., which Moody's downgraded after the fucking uh, SVB disaster. So and I think that made a lot of people distrust banks a lot more. Right. And really, you know, the the uh where I'm going with this, like um let me put this graphic up, which is uh OECD, which is the um Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. It's like US, it's it's basically all our NATO allies and, and the more developed countries in the world. I think Japan's in there. Um our GDP compared you I'll put this graphic up compared to BRIC which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, com- just completely. They're, the they're on their way up or on their way down. They just passed us They're for the collective GDP, I think, per capita, um, which is not great. No, honestly, like with all the facts that you've presented me to this point, it just seems like a matter of time right. if we don't get our head out of our ass. Yeah, and luckily luckily for us, India and China are basically in you know a little bit of a, a, a war themselves, sort of constant border skirmishes they just had one recently that the u.s provided intel for which is for india to combat china um so that relationship is somewhat safe with india and it's going to be crucial going forward because clearly china is you know and china has something called the belt and road initiative Mm -hmm. which is basically (laughs) turning all of africa and like eastern europe into vessel states like economic um colonies basically they, they go in they agree to build these poor countries huge infrastructure projects mm-hmm. and say all the revenue is ours though have they done that oh in- yeah it's 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 well underway at this point really mm-hmm. wow that's i didn't that's scary a lot of west africa uh, population like after native africans is uh, chinese. migrant chinese workers really yep wow so china's getting a foothold and in doing so, like when America uh, kicked, not just America, America and all its allies, kicked Russia off the SWIFT banking system, uh, Russia's currency went through the fucking roof. Like, so far, nothing we're doing is working. We're pushing all our allies into the hands of, again, the unholy alliance. <laughs> well, that's what it seems like. I mean, it, it just seems like they're talking it out over there, figuring it out, and we're just over here fucking spinning in circles and, you know, trying to figure out our own shit, and we're just throwing shit at each other. Right. Which, again, at the end of the day, all the uh, powers that be are none the worse for wear. You know, Raytheon and Boeing make their defense contracts. I don't even know how to, like... Mark Hamill does a a voice over for an alarm an air raid siren and everyone's like oh that's fucking great yay star wars it's like no children are dying this is not right uh, this isn't like a like oh thank god he did the recording kind of thing yeah except it is like that's the thing that people in america are like oh yeah like this we're supporting ukraine and put the flag up and yay mark hamill no Mm -hmm. you're dumb like like peace that's what we should all be fighting for well yeah i'm one step at a time let's let's get our shit together over here and well, and like at this point, I don't. We're too too deep in to be like, okay, it's everyone just call it a day in Ukraine. Really, you give them Donbass. I don't. That's not happening. But in the early days of the war, it maybe could have. And then Boris Johnson, 
under the uh, direction of the U.S., advised uh, Zelensky to be like, don't, no peace, we're going for it. Like, you're going to get all of Ukraine or nothing, which... Mm. Yeah, and then Putin's inevitably going to come and try to take it back one day. Right. So, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to... There's, um, We could go so much deeper on that, but I just kind of wanted people to be aware of the growing relationship between China and Russia and... Freaks me out more than anything. This is uh, this is from Peter Zion, who uh, kind of. Is, <laughs> I think that the neo conservative neo liberal platform is to you have to acknowledge this relationship, but then everyone is also trying to say, well, listen, China is still not stupid. They still want to be a global player, and they can't be they can't run fully into the arms of Russia and still do that, mm-hmm. which is true. But I think people are. People are looking in the wrong place at this. This is not about China and Russia. This is about China uh, filling the power vacuum that the U.S. has left, and not in terms of military might, but in actual soft power and being like, like, like they're winning hearts and minds. They're turning into the new world police. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the reach to be the world police, but at least in their region, if they become the, the hegemon, uh, there's not much we're going to be able to do about it. Well, and they might not be the world police right now, but, you know, at one point, the United States wasn't the world police. You know, things things take time. Things change. I hope that doesn't happen. I, it's not going to because, again, demographics. When they when they fall, they're going to fall hard. But right now, apparently, you know, they're still biding enough time to... I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. I don't fucking know what they're going to do. That's this guy, Peter Zion, like, that's his whole, um, like, demographic spiel. It's like, China is not going to exist as a nation in 30 years. I don't, that confuses me. Just because, uh, like, they've they've been pulling so many people out of rural farm areas to be workers in their massively growing cities for so long, and they've been killing the second child. That they're just going to Most of them women. That's how it works. No, I, I understand. Uh, yeah, I mean... But then, so, so this is like their last. This is desperation mode kind of thing. This is a another one of those. Like right, we exactly. can see the the way the trend is going, so we got to make moves. Right, and that's why I think this is such an unholy alliance. Is two very desperate people, uh, like two dogs back into the you know back. Yep, yeah, yeah. and like if we only had to, uh, you know, if if the person sitting across from us was China or Russia at the poker table, that's one thing. But it's really specifically Xi and Putin calling all the shots. They have both created an environment which they can't be questioned. Everyone who who goes against them dies. They are insulated. They're both probably fucking insane. Yeah. So we don't know where that's gonna where that's gonna lead us. Maybe some meth in there. Uh, who knows? I mean, if I was rich, I'd be doing drugs all the time. So. <laughs> uh, probably. Hitler was like methed up, wasn't he? That's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Putin does kind of strike me as like a, um, like a straight and narrow. Like Trump doesn't drink or do drugs. Well, I he definitely does Adderall. He has to do Adderall. Well, yeah, I think he takes some something to straighten him out. Or it's such an interesting like thing. Like, and I definitely think Biden takes something because some days he's like, you know, I can actually listen to him, and then some days he's talking about ice cream, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I don't like. I just I can't believe they're gonna run him again. <laughs> I just it's don't. gonna be an interesting election. Yeah, it is. 
We're gonna we're gonna have to start gearing up for that coverage soon. Hashtag primary season. <laughs> um, Let's go. Yeah. But okay. So speaking of speaking of that, um, the, the man who may very well be the Republican candidate for president may be running from a jail cell. <laughs> um, I wanted to close with this because I spent last Tuesday. I went to the city. Because on Sunday night, or maybe Saturday night, Donald Trump announced on Truth Social that I'll put the... Here, let me pull the tweet up. I heard he wants a perp walk. See, it's so annoying, Truth Social, because I'm like, I'm trying to Google it. I'm like, Trump Truth Social tweet? Yeah, what is right? It? Like, a truth? a truth? Yeah. I think that is what it's called. Truth bomb. That's a good one. That's what they should call it. Um... I just while I pull this up, it is very funny that that Trump said he was going to be indicted, and everybody was like, "For what?" And it's not because it's nothing; it's, it's just like which so one? much. <laughs> and it's the Stormy Daniels thing, right? It is the Stormy Daniels thing, um, and which is funny because it's probably like the the thing that people care about the least. I know. I was like, of all things, like that's that's what they're going to get him for. Oh, th- this is not the first one, but this is one from uh, four days ago on the 24th where he warned that um, – yeah, so Friday morning he said, <laughs> filing charges against him could result in potential death and destruction. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Did you not learn any lesson from January 6th? Like, is there no one around him who's like, just don't do that? But that's how he is. You go against him, you, you go against the, the powers that be, and – the only way for you to keep going is to just go into the ground. Uh, and his supporters, to their credit, were all basically like, because I'm in a f- couple of Telegram channels just to like see what's going keep on, keep the pulse. And they were all like, "Oh, there's gonna be feds. Like, don't do it. Like, nobody go." <laughs> and I went, I went to New York to his morning to see what's up, and there was a couple weirdos. Well, I heard there was um, just listening to breaking points earlier. One of them was in the city, and they're like, "Yeah, there's a lot of Secret Service around." Like, yeah. This- so, and uh, I don't know if it was Eric Adams or if it was the governor. But um, Kathy Hochul, but uh, Tuesday, they were all in response to this sort of uh, and I don't I'm not going to call it a conspiracy theorist because there were a lot of plainclothes feds in the Capitol on January 6th. That's like on the record. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, musings of the right wing that this may be, a, a, you know, another setup. Um, Eric Adams is like all police officers are to wear their uniforms like no plainclothes. And mm-hmm. like we want you all out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that I I don't know if I actually said it at the top, but that was because Trump basically said I'm going to be indicted um, by this <laughs> Soros-backed uh, prosecutor, Alvin Bragg. Um, <laughs> George Soros is the one that takes him down, man. Yeah, which I don't. I'm, I'm I do believe Soros did contribute to this guy's campaign. I don't know if he was like handpicked by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, it's it hasn't happened yet, um, and it's. Over it's yeah it's a over a week since he well, made this pronouncement and wasn't something else supposed to happen and then or, or he was supposed to stand in front of uh, he's gonna get arraigned and indicted according to him and then multiple inside sources I don't know what else would have like happened. I think the grand jury was supposed to vote on his indictment oh and they pushed that back and then I they believe. pushed it back I, I I think you're right yeah um but regardless I. You know, part of part of why I wanted to talk about it is about his, I think, irresponsibility and being like, "Hey, remember that time I riled up all my supporters and we almost <laughs> hung Mike Pence? Let's do it again!" Like, 
And, and that's also while holding the position that a lot of these people that are getting arrested for January 6th are the definition of political prisoners. They're not like uh, treasonous dissidents. They're fucking morons who got fooled into yeah. believing some bullshit. Like they're, these are not people who should be spending four years in jail like hardened criminals. They're fucking – They're just like, hey, like – Dipshits. Don't, anyway, but don't any- do what he says again or you're going to be like this guy. Right. <laughs> but, but then Trump again – He's he like, hey, fuck, dude. no, he really doesn't. Um, so that, you know, I, I did want to highlight that. I think that's wildly irresponsible and just stupid. If you if you want to win the nomination, which is looking decreasing like a possibility, the more he attacks Ron DeSantis, calling him like a meatball and like desanctimonious. I, he was on Sean Hannity the other night and he was like, <laughs> he was like, uh, Ron DeSantis came to me crying. I saw it, dude. Asking, I saw it. Asking I for my, it. my endorsement. Oh, my God. And he was like, this is what I told Ron. I said. George Washington and Abraham Lincoln could come out of their graves tomorrow and endorse you, and you wouldn't win. <laughs> but I decided to endorse him, and he won. I was like, oh, damn, bro. And he's just like, uh, he Fucking... would be not basically saying he would be nothing yes, without him. Yes, trying to cement his position as yeah. kingmaker, despite the fact that everybody in the midterms except J.D. Vance that he endorsed lost. <laughs> Little Herschel Walker, like Katie yeah. Hobbs, not Katie Hobbs, um, Kerry Lake, like everybody. I remember that did not go the way anybody thought it was going to go. No. So, um, yeah, not a good look for him. And I don't, frankly, I don't care who the Republican nominee is. Uh, for for the country's sake, I hope it's not Trump. For my own, like, sake of, like, I'm very entertained by the man. I hope it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I am quite entertained by him, too. Yeah. And I don't really care what happens because I don't think Trump is like uh, – was this major far departure from the status quo – or, yeah, from the status quo that the Republicans that voted for him thought he was. And I don't think he was the, you know, danger democracy monster that I think the Democrats thought he was. I think he pretty much governed like any normal establishment Republican despite the fact that he said he was going to drain the swamp, build a wall, uh, like not gut Obamacare. He did all of those. I mean, I don't think he promised not to go Obamacare, but he promised to give people good health care, which he did not. Um, um, but anyway, point being, um, this indictment, it it looks like it might happen. I think it's a pretty solid 50-50 right now, but it's definitely, I think, the closest any former president has gotten to be indicted. And I, I, I've heard a few arguments on it. Like I heard Jon Stewart on uh, Mehdi Hassan's show. I think Mehdi Hassan is MSNBC. He's, a, he's, a, he's CNN or MSNBC. He's like a liberal journalist. And mm-hmm. he was basically like, but John, like, are we really going to indict the former sitting president? Like, what does that say about precedent? What does that say about the next guy? Like, blah, blah, blah. And John Stewart was like, oh, you can't just, you know, yeah, sure, let's not indict a guy because of what might happen. It's like, no, it's, it's about precedent. And it's like... It's almost about accountability. It's holding the next person accountable. And the last ones. Like... If you're going to fucking jail Trump for campaign finance violations for paying off a porn star, which we all agree he shouldn't have done, and also nobody fucking cares, Mm -hmm. uh, like, are we going to hold George Bush responsible for lying about weapons of mass destruction? Yeah, everybody else. And Dick Cheney, is Obama going to go to jail for bombing you many weddings? Like, Mm -hmm. how far back you want to go? So, I I don't know. I think it's divisive and stupid. And if this is the one that that you're going to pin him on? How about the no. emoluments clause? How about the fact that he didn't divest any of his businesses, placed them into a blind trust, like just gave them to his kids and said, I promise I'm not looking. Like, how about the fact that he fucking, uh, like, what was the other big one? Um, he's, he got impeached twice, and neither of those <laughs> things are the subject of this uh You paid a porn star. Here we draw the line. It's, it, it's, my problem with it is not the, um, the act itself. Like, 
I, from a moral standpoint, I would have no problem with Trump going to jail in a vacuum. I'm sure there's plenty of things he's done that deserved, that were prison worthy. Mm-hmm. The problem is how it has a larger effect on the country. Right, this it's is, the precedent that it sets. And, and it's the, uh, like, I don't really appreciate divisiveness. I don't, like, I think there are a lot of conversations that are on mainstream media, not a lot of them, sorry, all conversations that are on mainstream media are not uh, brought up with the intent to inform, they're brought up with the intent to divide. That is my genuine opinion. And this is more of the same to me. Well, Tucker even said it on, like, the, he was on the, Nelk Boys podcast. I watched that. That was a good interview. And he was just like, we're not here to inform you. Yeah. Like, and if you think we are, like, it, it's stupid. That and was like, really... I still don't really love Tucker as yeah. a human being, but I respected fine. that, like... Well, I, I mean, mean he, he fessed up for supporting the Iraq war. Yeah. I was like, that was a mistake. I mean, people need to start uh, doing that more and for things more recently, especially people who were <laughs> yeah. gung-ho about COVID. You, so you guys need to all fucking look at the data and be like, oh, shit, like... Yeah, it we take 20 years to take accountability for something. Yeah, and we probably did way more damage with our response to the virus than the virus did to us. Just with how crazy everybody fucking reacted to everything? With uh, not letting people see their loved ones, that like diseases of despair oh, yeah. shot up, alcoholism. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a long Domestic list. abuse, the effect that we're still not going to see for 10, 15 years on children's development. We're going to see way more uh, social. Uh, like interaction and, stuff. and just um sort of mental issues that have to you know asperger's is going to shoot up because people don't know how to interact with each other anymore mm-hmm. um and of course all these corporations got filthy rich the biggest upward transfer of wealth in human history it was basically just a, a robbery of you know the, the middle class um middle class disappearing it's gone yeah. it's gone bro again 60 percent of people living paycheck to paycheck those other 40 are not uh just chilling, you know. They're no right. I mean, they're they're they probably a paycheck and a half ahead, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, but really, it's it's for the most part poor and rich. Like there really is, uh, they're the middle class is for the most part gone. Uh, I mean, uh, you you see it. I mean, almost everywhere you go, even you know, you go out. I don't want to say. No, I was gonna make a stupid point. Cut this part. I I I don't know I don't know what you're gonna say but it felt like you're gonna be onto something. Um, well, like you go out with friends and stuff, and you have certain friends that are literally buying everything like no problem. Then you got other friends that you talk about me because I just put it all on credit and then change my identity every three months. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, and I'm not even like I'm not talking about anybody specifically even though it sounds like I am, and that's why I kind of wanted to just cut this part. No, it's fine. Um, We're going to leave it. No, we can cut it if you want. Uh, yeah. but, but I think you make a good point. I, I will just counter by saying um, that this generation puts more on – our generation puts more on credit than ever, and we are also the most delinquent in payment generation ever because we don't give a fuck anymore. Like, yeah, we'll figure – we'll worry about later, and if my credit turns to shit – I don't care because my house is going to be underwater in five years. Like, it's the world is ending to most people, at yeah. least mentally. And and also, I was reading another book, uh, this book, actually, Secrets of the Temple, about the Fed. Um, and they made the point that in the 70s, that generation, that young, the, the people that were like 20 years old in the 70s, were the first generation to realize that inflation was so constant and non, um, 
uh, like nonstop. What is the word? Stagnant. Like, no, 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 no. Non like it. it con- inflation was going to continue. It was, it right, was, right. It, it, it was, was so uh, um, perpetual. Yeah, it was. It was. There's a word I'm looking for. Fuck. I wish I was a thesaurus. Indefinite. <laughs> um, yeah. Whatever. All that. It was so inevitable. That's the word. It was so inevitable that uh, it just made more sense to not pay your debts off or and take massive loans out because even if the interest rates were high, the money that you'd be paying it back with later was worth less. So if you owe $20,000 today, mm-hmm. and let's say you owe $25,000 in five years, mm-hmm. you, you actually might end up paying less because in five years, the twenty five k that you're paying is going to be worth less than the 20k you would have paid does that make sense in terms of your purchasing power well right 25k in five years is worth less than 20k is now that's how crazy inflation is right but the thing that you bought at that time with 20k appreciates in value well that depends on what it is but well yeah but i mean that's just not your car well no not your car but people were still people were still applying the strategy to things depreciating value because the payments themselves were still worth uh less in five years because of inflation so they were just like i might as well use my buying power now correct okay all right so you know yes people are uh throwing out i mean i live in a city where people go out all the time yes people are throwing money around but that might not mean they have it no i mean you're right about that i mean i'm i'm guilty of that fuck it button sometimes you know you you go out somewhere and next thing you know you wake up and you're like i just I went out last night, like I make fucking, you know, 10 grand a week and everything's gone. I don't have a fucking button. I have, my whole shirt's made of fucking, the only, <laughs> the, the buttons are the, the please stop. Every once in a while I was like, all right, slow down for a minute, Robbie. <laughs> I'm all right there with you. It's uh, pretty much all I had. We did, we did not do the run up this episode because it's our first one back. We wanted to uh, jump right into the issues. We, we had a couple more things we wanted to cover, including... The TikTok CEO's uh, hearing on Capitol Hill. We wanted to cover Matt Taibbi getting uh, threatened by the IRS potentially for his uh, continuing coverage of um, the federal government's invasion into our lives. Um, and I am going to hopefully cover a few of those things on my own on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So please make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at NextGenForward, F O R W A R D. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at NextGenForward, at N-E-X-T-G-E-N, the number four, W-A-R-D. And um, if you like this podcast, please make sure you subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends, rate it five stars, share it on Instagram, tag someone, text someone. Give us feedback. We we love to hear it. Definitely love know. to hear feedback. Um, throughout the week, let us know store issues you might want us to cover, and we will see you next week. Good night, everybody. That was a good one, bro.